Welcome to the Queen City Preachers Podcast. I'm Pastor Andrew. And I'm Pastor Molly. And we're delighted to have you with us again today. We are. Yeah. It's a cold and dreary day in Marquette. Eh, there was some sunshine for a moment. Oh, okay. All right. But, you know, and there's snow on the ground Devil's a advocate over little, here. You know, <laughs> winter time. Uh, it was crisp this was, morning. There, We can yeah. agree on that. It was crisp. Yeah. Yep. Yep. We're in the winter season officially. Well, no. It's not winter yet. It doesn't winter until the 21st, right? Not, yeah, I guess not, technic- not technically. Uh, in the UP, it's winter. We are in the spiritual season <laughs> of winter, in the church season of Advent. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're technically, I guess, in the first week of Advent with the second week starting this weekend. Yes, second Sunday in Advent yeah. this Sunday. And as you know from last week, we are not journeying through the regular lectionary text, right. but... We are following our devotional slash our series um, from a sanctified art, which walks us through the story of Jesus's birth and and Zechariah and birth. Elizabeth and, and yeah, I was and, like and pre-birth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause so I mean, so last week we started with Zechariah, mm-hmm. right? And yes, in the Gospel of Luke. Luke, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, I love that beginning part. When it's like, this is who this is for. Um, it's an orderly account for you, Theophilus, so that you can know the truth concerning these things. Yeah. I want to know more about Theophilus. Do I know, you know right? anything about Theophilus? Did I, I ask that don't. last week? Maybe I'm just still wondering about him. Yeah. I mean, what's really interesting, though, is you just even think about Theophilus, even if Theophilus isn't like a specific person, uh-huh. that Theophilus literally means friend of God. Or brother of God, right? Oh, I mean, and so, fun fact. so, but like, yeah. but thinking about that, uh-huh. that that's kind of you're Theophilus, I'm Theophilus, right? We're so all it's Theophilus. it's everybody, right? It's interesting. Oh, yeah. Oh, Luke. I know, right? So you, you devil. So it Luke. could be particular, or it could be general, <laughs> and we it's don't know. Probably general. It's yeah. probably Luke is probably sneaky like that. I like that. Oh, that's so, so much fun. Yeah. Mm, mm. Yeah. So, well, anyway, um, the more more you know, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. So today we find ourselves kind of um, it's interesting that today starts with verse 24 because that's kind of the end. Well, I guess it kind of what's the word? It is the connection between last week and this week. It is. It would have been nice to hear it last week. It in would my have, but opinion. It, yeah, but it's also I, I see why they broke it this way. Is it's because in some ways this this ties us into Elizabeth's story. Yes, and, Elizabeth and it, moving into Mary, right? And mm-hmm. so before this, we were in Zechariah with pretty much just Zechariah. Yes. I mean, yeah, Elizabeth was a character, mm-hmm. but now this is Elizabeth's story with Mary mm-hmm. as well. But like, but so it's it's a way to kind of compartmentalize characters. I, I guess. get it. We could have heard it but twice. I, hear you. I know we could have heard it twice. We could have heard it twice. So, well, why don't you lay it upon us and we can uh, we can wrestle with I Elizabeth shall. and Mary. So we're in Luke 1, starting in verse 24. After those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she remained in seclusion. She said, this is what the Lord has done for me when he looked favorably on me and took away the disgrace I have endured among my people, which is the barrenness. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. 
but she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. In those days Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. All right. All right. Nice. Um, so there's a lot going on here. <laughs> there is a lot going on. You know, it's kind of, you know, it's interesting because we get the connections between the the story, right? The just the angel Gabriel visiting Mary, that classic story. Yeah. But that it is entrenched in this um, bigger story of Elizabeth's. Um, conceiving of a child and they're kind of coming together and the child leaping in the womb and Elizabeth's kind of internal knowing that this is the this is Jesus the savior yeah and so I mean it's really it's interesting thinking about why these stories are intertwined right Mm -hmm. I mean because in thinking about this it's it's really powerful to have Elizabeth as a witness Mm -hmm. of this it's also really powerful to think that there are two miracles two miracles. Yeah. Um, and it's also um, really profound to think that this means they're not alone. Yes, exactly. And and I think to me that's actually one of the most significant things about these these sections is, yeah. that, is that they are not alone in this. Mm-hmm. And I especially think about that. It's really hard not to read um, the portion about God overshadowing Mary, like mm-hmm. in the Me Too generation of being <laughs> like, oh, that is not it's great. Yeah. Right? But yeah. like mm. but like but mm-hmm. just thinking about the fear, the anxiety, not even necessarily about conception, but even about um childbirth, period. Um mm-hmm. the hopefulness. I mean, you know, we think about um infant mortality in that time period was incredibly high. We think about maternal fatality was very mm-hmm. high, either either prior or at childbirth. Yeah. Like, I mean, this is that there there is a lot of fear and anxiety that mm-hmm. comes with, and any woman that's ever been pregnant would probably tell you there's there is fear and anxiety that comes with this uh-huh. too, even with modern uh, even with modern medicine. medicine, yeah, and um and also joy and delight and mm-hmm. amazement, but it's also that there's that that um 
that tougher side of it. And mm-hmm. and I guess to me, this there's kind of like you're standing on the line between life and death. Right. Yeah. And I think what's really interesting in this passage is that. Is that that line of life and death is held by God and informed and is proclaimed by Gabriel, mm-hmm. who we don't have. We have no idea what Gabriel looked like. Right. I mean, I was <laughs> mentioning to you like John I think Hamm. about John Hamm <laughs> from Good Omens. Um, but like but at the same time, like we just don't know. Gabriel could be like scary, probably. scary. Angels were not human mm-hmm. creatures. So, yeah. Um, so that's scary. And then you add on top of this. Um, just both of these women um, marry in the vulnerability of not being married yet mm-hmm. and um, and the shame that comes with this and Elizabeth and the shame of barrenness mm-hmm. and the waiting and the and that you put those pieces together and all of a sudden you have God breaking into this this gray mm-hmm. right between life and death and holding that tension mm-hmm. and that anxiety mm-hmm. oh yeah most definitely they're all very vulnerable in they the are. places where they inhabit. Right? Yeah. The yeah, the barrenness of Elizabeth and the young the youth of Mary. Um the, it makes them very unlikely, right? Unlikely people. And a huge portion of the gospels is the people who are the most unlikely who are the ones who are proclaiming Jesus as the Messiah. Right? Yeah, and that's and that's especially true in Luke, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he has kind of a, yeah. a heart for the poor. Yeah. Um and downtrodden. And the first one to proclaim Jesus, the Messiah, is an unborn child and Elizabeth, right? Yeah. And, you know, I heard for the first time when you were reading this, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit was there. And thinking back to what Gabriel told Zechariah, mm-hmm. that he shouldn't have strong drink and because he's already filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah. But this is that ding, ding, There's Holy, the Holy Spirit, Spirit, right? There's mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit the Holy leaping Spirit and moving. There. And so, and that's just kind of an a fun little reiteration of that promise. Yeah. There are so many interesting, remarkable things in this. When you were talking about like the spirit overshadowing Mary, you know, it's interesting because the angel Gabriel tells her like, he's like, he lays it down kind of what's going to happen, even if it's weird. Um, And she responds back to him. Here I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. So she kind of affirms this, that it's supposed to happen. Right. Yeah. She, I mean that it is permission giving in it some is. ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. Her, her and it's interesting too when I think about the parallels between her and Zechariah. Right. She does ask the question of like, how is that going to happen? Right. But she's yeah. not punished for it. Right. What Zechariah no. needs is to be quiet. What Mary needs is to be able to let her voice be heard and to say yes, yes Ooh, to this. That's a really powerful thing to think about. Is mm-hmm. the is that Zechariah is already in a position of power. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, as a priest in the temple. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I pointed out, he was a priest who had lost hope mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. on Sunday. And and I I feel like in some ways this is someone who we don't anticipate should have hope, mm-hmm. but she does. Yeah. And then the question is, can she proclaim it? Mm-hmm. Right? And that becomes Mary's song, the Magnificat. And, yeah. Yeah. So much of it is, to me, is kind of God giving the people what they need in the moment, right? When we think about the muteness of Zechariah versus the voice of Mary and then the comfort of, you know, seeking out that friendship with her cousin Elizabeth, right? Yeah. The only part, <laughs> you know, when I think about the story, it just, like, the story just makes me laugh because um, I love the part where <laughs> she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be like there's nothing to me that is like such like 
loaded language. Such a lie. <laughs> yeah, such garbage. <laughs> well, and I say that this... in the kindest way possible. Sorry, Luke, but like, no. It's a dude writing down yeah. what he perceives oh, to be a woman's Mary experience. Mary was so full of grace and like so dignified in hearing this crazy news that she was just a little perplexed by how this could happen and all of that. <laughs> Which is interesting because we do... I think there is that deification of Mary in the mm-hmm. Christian tradition, and especially in the Roman Catholic tradition, but even mm-hmm. in, even in Protestantism, yeah, of this perfection, um, mm-hmm. and that I think that ties right into it. Is it's described as, and she dealt with this so gracefully, right? That there's this kind of this element, <sighs> yeah. Which honestly, I think we can. I don't mean to deify her in like a, a you know, um, a, that she's God, idolatry kind of way, but like, mm-hmm. but I do think there's something really profound about also deifying and saying her saintliness and her her beauty as the the um mother of god mm-hmm. right the theotokos mm-hmm. like that she that beauty is also in her vulnerability and imperfection mm-hmm. that it doesn't have to be perfect yeah to me the only honest part here is this um mary set out with great haste to a judean town right she just she picks up and she she hightails it. She to basically Elizabeth. she basically says, "I gotta go be with somebody right now yeah. who can talk to me." Yes, and, I'm out of here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, I think um, the thing that we have been talking about with God giving the people kind of what they need in these moments, right, where God comes, enters into their lives, and that disrupts their lives, and then God gives them what they need to kind of make it through in a sense, right? And to bear all these things um, is that Mary's bearing of all this is, is um, she has the ability to do so through this friendship with Elizabeth that Elizabeth, right? Validates her in this way. And I'm kind of thinking about um, also how we honor Mary and I think so much of the honoring Mary is putting her up on that pedestal and being like, look at this perfect, graceful woman, right? Mm. Not a doubt in her mind, not a struggle in her heart, right? But that's not true because she runs to her friend. Absolutely. You know, she needs that. And so how do we honor Mary by allowing her humanity to show through and recognizing that it's, about her receiving what she needs as well and not just her as the mother of God, right? That she's a full and complete person in and of herself. She's a beloved child of God. Yeah. Too. And that God gives her what she needs as well. Yeah. And you know, one thing I was thinking about this is that is that we don't actually really know Mary's timeline. You know, the, the G- Gabe says, mm-hmm. you know, He's going to, the most high is going to come and overpower, overshadow you, blah, blah, yeah. blah. But we don't know, like, does that happen before she goes and sees Elizabeth? Does it happen when she's with Elizabeth? We don't mm-hmm. know when, mm-hmm. when. She's obviously pregnant when she greets Elizabeth, right? Because. No, because the, no? the womb, the child leaps in the, in, in Elizabeth's womb, right? Blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me that the mother of my Lord comes to me? So I guess it could be so like a known. future tense, like yeah. mother of the Lord. I mean, I Lord. guess the assumption would be that maybe it has already happened, but it raises yeah. that question of what is the impetus? Mm-hmm. Where is the fear? 
-hmm. Where is the vulnerability? Mm -hmm. Um, And also, what does it mean to proclaim when you don't know what's happened yet? And what does it mean to proclaim when something has already happened? Mm. Does that make sense? So like that Um, that hmm. she says yes, right? I mean, like that it's with me, but it's still scary. Mm -hmm. And does she leave before the and and is in the midst of that? Or does she is she is there also a running from, oh, my gosh, what just happened to me? Oh, do you think she's trying to escape it? I don't I'm not saying escape it, but I'm saying um, is she trying to attend to it? Is she trying to? Find safety and relief. Mm-hmm. Someone to be with her when it happens. Or after it's happened, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's that, it's that, I guess what I'm thinking about is, is that the witness of, of humanness of, of relationship mm-hmm. and that real friendship also means being present, present, not knowing what trauma lies ahead, but also mm-hmm. knowing what traumas have happened. Yeah. And I'm not saying that this is necessarily traumatic in a bad way. Uh-huh. I'm just saying that. It's, it's scary. It's scary. I think that's what I'm powerful. trying to say too, right? I'm yeah. not saying like, oh, I'm so like annoyed that this happened, but that like, this is intense. It is. Like it's far yeah. more intense than a graceful response like requires, you know? <laughs> Any one of us would probably react very differently. Yeah, and I think I so. I wonder if Mary reacted differently too. And we just don't know. Yeah. yeah. Because this is a story, right? It's a retelling by someone else of an event that they didn't personally witness. Witness, no, no. But they also are telling a story in a particular way mm-hmm. to engage us. And one of the things that I really appreciate about the way that Luke tells this mm-hmm. is that the focus. Okay, maybe it's a little too glossed over, right? Sure. But the focus is still on relationship. Yes. And it's it's <clears throat> also on human relationships uh-huh. reflect the divine. Yes. Yes. And that's what I think. That's where I'm kind of going towards where I'm going to talk about this Sunday is the the whole idea of like God speaking to us through friendships. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, so often um, we expect that we need to hear the voice of God in some like strange, miraculous way. Right. Whether it's like an angel visiting us or. I don't know, some voice coming down and ascending upon us, right? Yeah, yeah. But like, Theophany. God speaks to Mary through Elizabeth, right? Yeah. When they come together in that connection, that is where God is present. Yeah, the spirit is felt when yeah. they are together, right? And can that be just as miraculous as the news proclaimed by Gabriel or the Immaculate Conception? Right. Like, can we like lift that up as well? I would I would think so. I mean, I think there's a a fine line there because I think there's that tension that we don't want to undercut the value of incarnation. No, no. But I also think that um, relationship reflects incarnation, Mm -hmm. that if God's presence is is within people. Oh, yeah. Presence between people. Mm -hmm. Then that is God incarnate, that Jesus is. Life comes forth not just because the Most High overshadowed Mary, mm-hmm. but comes forth because of the connection Mary has to Elizabeth, that Mary has to yeah. others, that Jesus, that God has to people. Because <laughs> Mary right? got proper care when she was pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mary, Mary got, there was a proper medical and women's health yes. uh, attention. I mean, <laughs> at her prenatal care, she got her prenatal care. She had mm-hmm. a nice midwife. Um, mm-hmm. But like, 
there's truth to some of that in the sense that like there's that attentiveness, mm-hmm. right? And and in some ways, I think that's really a powerful way to think about um, justice and care for one another as mm-hmm. people. Is that is the incarnation witnessed in how we care for one another? Mm-hmm. And does that mean relationships, friendships? But does it also mean mm-hmm. my incarnation of God's love also? implies how I care for those who are homeless or those who are in pain or mm-hmm. those who are suffering mm-hmm. addiction or health challenges or, yeah. or are incarcerated, all of those pieces, right? Mm-hmm. It, it should actually impact how I think about voting. It should impact how I think about my life, yes. right? Incarnation mm-hmm. is woven into all of yeah. that. And how you respond to the need of your friends. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Because God present. brings us together for a reason. Absolutely. And yeah. Perhaps that is to share the love of God with each other. I think to be able to be, you know, one of the greatest gifts I think we have is to be able to be present with one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I feel that way for those of us who are in relationships with mm-hmm. partners or spouses, um, with kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also feel that with friendships. Um, yeah. That there's, um, I also feel that as a pastor. And mm-hmm. when we are entered, we enter into a space mm-hmm. um, and to be present with one another, that there is, there is something holy mm-hmm. in that. And it's not that we, ex- we feel the Holy Spirit leap in our wombs, mm-hmm. but isn't there kind of a lovely metaphor to that, that the spirit moves between yeah. us? The spirit, the spirit moves. And I think with that whole idea of just being present, it's like listening to someone's story, right. And hearing, hearing someone's truth and mm-hmm. their experience and like, invalidating that and the Holy Spirit moving in that action because I think to me too like when we think about friendships um to me that listening to each other is so important but there's also this aspect of sometimes we want to fix each other's problems right and that's not what happens between Mary and Elizabeth she's not like let me call up Joseph and we'll get this taken care of like you know no right right it's like uh no I just hear you and I validate your truth Right. Also, it's that presence. It's the accompaniment that is happening within that. That is God. Right. Which maybe is a reflection of God, too. Right. That God is with us in the midst of those things which are uncertain, which we can't understand, which are troublesome. God doesn't. You know, what if like Elizabeth is this example of what God does for us? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's really, really powerful. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also powerful that what Elizabeth does too is that Elizabeth, I mean, I just imagine this, that Elizabeth, that Mary walks in mm-hmm. and you know, if I were Mary, I would just burst out crying the moment I walked in, <laughs> yeah. right? Like I, or I'd be crying on my I way. I ran all the, the way, way here. Right? I like, I'd be crying. I'd uh-huh. be talking. And Elizabeth's, you know, in some ways it's, Oh child, mm-hmm. but it's also, Oh child, there is beauty in this. Mm-hmm. It is scary as all heck, but there is beauty in this. Mm-hmm. And that God greets mm-hmm. us in that, Fear, but also God sees life. Yeah. Too. That that's God um, is present to all of it. As a witness. As a witness. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. um and also meets us where we are in that way. And I feel like that's what you were saying with Elizabeth too. Yeah. That we get and met. Just being heard out is a comfort in and of itself. It's also an honor. Mm-hmm. I think that far too often we want to try to fix things. Yes. Mm-hmm. And there's so much that cannot be fixed. Mm-mm. 
Um, there's so much that can, thanks be to God. Yay, medicine. Sure, yay, we can med- help each other find health, solutions. Yay, yay, yeah, things like that. But like mm-hmm. at the same time, there's so much in our lives that mm-hmm. that just needs presence, mm-hmm. um, and not being alone within. Yeah. Right. Um, I really feel like that one of the beauties of this passage is that it's a reminder that we are not alone, mm-hmm. and that we never have been. Yeah. Um, and that you don't have to be either right right that so it's many, a spiritual thing but it's also relational right yeah, you don't so have to many be alone people like to yeah. bear their things alone as though that makes them saintly well yeah. mary's a saint and she goes to a friend mary's a saint <laughs> she goes to a friend first thing yes right yeah exactly yeah exactly yeah that that's the holy thing to do right to not bear bear things alone yeah, can I point out though, there is something really just kind of fun sidebar here. Okay. Is that Mary shows up to Elizabeth mm-hmm. and they're both there. And of course, there's probably all this girl talk and mm-hmm. enjoying, and Zeke can't say a thing. <laughs> you didn't and even, like, he's, yeah. He's not even in there, right? Yeah. Like, it's like, where's Zechariah? Is mm-hmm. he in the temple? No, he's not. He can't work right now. He's not. Like, I mean, <laughs> he, really, he gets he gets his little comeuppance when he, he does, he, he does like, his little prophecy. But, <laughs> but I'm just kind of like, there's something just fun about that too. Mm-hmm. That like, they get His to be there for each other, mm-hmm. right? This is the time of the, the women's time, right? <laughs> the nine months are the women's time. <laughs> I mean, and biblically, right, they're, they are set apart yeah. during that time. Mm-hmm. So there may be some elements of that. But the, but that's also another reminder that being set apart does not mean that you have to be alone. Uh-huh. That, yeah. that those two are not the same thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Holy space, sacred space does not mean isolated space. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important mm-hmm. in the context of community and in the context of um, of navigating our own things yeah. in life that Absolutely. we don't have to we don't have to be alone. No. Um, Think of that hymn that you are not alone. You are yeah. not alone. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to pepper Choplin. Do, 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 yeah. Do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You are never we'll, alone. You are not alone. Yeah. I you think that's on the docket alone. for. For the longest, longest night, night service. I love mm-hmm. that. Song. It gets stuck in my head, but I love mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's, it's in my head, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah. So, and it fits this really well. It does. We should have sang it this Sunday. Shucks. Missed opportunity. Oh, well. Next year. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, thanks for being with us today and for joining us as we've navigated uh, this interesting passage. There's more, I'm sure, in different places we could have gone, but mm-hmm. um, thanks for being with us with this as we journey this. And, um, uh, if you're a regular listener, you've noticed we try to post the sermons as well. So um, you'll be able to hear what Molly has um, preached on um, if you want to tune into that uh, next week. Um, but thank you for being with us uh, today and uh, during this season of Advent. Uh, you've been listening to the Queen City Preachers podcast. I'm Pastor Andrew. And I'm Pastor Molly. And be well, friends. <laughs>